fog, I can't tell where I'm at. And I feel like that's life sometimes. It's like you know you got an idea where you're supposed to go, but you're in question. When you, when you have clarity around your goals and priorities, it's easier to maneuver through life because clarity is a necessity. So why don't we have clarity? And the question is, I don't know sometimes. Now, I'm not a spiritual doctor. I can't diagnose you with the reason why you're, you're not having clarity, but I can give you some ideas, some clarity from God's word, and then you look at your own life and say, okay, that's me right there. Okay, so I want to make this as easy as possible. And for this Sunday and the next Sunday, we're going to focus on the subject of clarity, a clear view of the true you. And so today I, I, I specifically want to focus on why can't I see clearly? All right. What is it in my life that makes it where I cannot see clearly? And so let's make a comparison today by using Saul, who eventually becomes Paul in Acts chapter 9. And, and he's a man that lived in a fog, and eventually he began to see clearly because he had an encounter with Jesus. So I want to use him as a comparison. So if, if you're at a place in your life and you're feeling that you're lost in the fog, I, let's find out why. Let's find out why you can't see clearly. So everybody with me? If you're with me, raise your right hand. Let's see if you're with me. Great. I'm glad. We're focused so far. So um, as we get into this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cross over here. Every time I cross by, it's like blinding right here. I, I brought a cylinder here today and a couple of items. I'm going to hold this cylinder up for you guys to see. It's a clear cylinder. A, another word for a cylinder would be a vessel. The Bible refers to us as vessels, uh, vessels of honor. And uh, if you're a vessel, then you're responsible in your life to have a pure life, a clear life. It shouldn't be filled with things that are going to distract your ability to see. Is everybody with me? Yep. This is so simplistic. If you don't get this illustration, then, then you just, you're, I, don't, I don't know what to say because this is the most elementary illustration I could possibly use, okay? So this clarity is represented by the water inside. This is the way life should be. We should be able to get up in the morning and say, man, I'm ready to face this day. I'm ready to, 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 to go through life and have the ability to think properly, clearly when it comes to my kids, when it comes to my husband, when it comes to my job, when it comes to my ministry. And so the goal is for you to be a vessel of clarity. Is that pretty easy? Yep. All right. So, so let's find out why we don't look like this so often. I want to draw your attention to Acts chapter 9, all right? I'm going to put it on the screen here. But if you would, just follow along uh, on your phone or maybe on your tablet. Or if you have the Bible in your hand, the physical copy, I want you to follow along with me. I want to draw your attention to Acts 9 because this is the infamous story, the account of Saul, who eventually becomes Paul. Everybody know who I'm talking about. And he's on the road to Damascus, and his encounter with Jesus takes place. Now, Saul is my favorite character in Scripture. I love Saul who becomes Paul. And the reason I do is because I, I relate to him in some ways. Now, he's an intelligent man, so I don't relate to him in that, in that aspect, but I do relate to his passion and desire to serve God. But at this point in his life, let me just clarify, he is not a Christian. He's not a believer of Jesus. This is, this is some 2,000 years ago this takes place. He's a man that's a Pharisee that's on a journey to pursue those that are Christians, those that are believers, and his goal is to eliminate them because he does not believe in the gospel. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He believes it's a lie, and he's been swallowing this pill for a while now because of the influence in his life. So, 
as we go to this portion of scripture, I think it's a, a, a perfect analogy here for us to use because he's living in a fog, even though he's lost, but the comparison's wonderful for us as believers and how we somewhat can live in the same type of fog. Okay, so everybody with me? So let's, gonna, let's study this together. So we're in Acts chapter 9, verse 1. And the Bible says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughters against the disciples of the Lord, one of the high priests, and in verse 2, this is the reason why, he wanted to get letters to go to Damascus, to the synagogue, and there he was going to make his way into the people's homes and their churches where they're meeting, and it didn't matter if they're women or children or men, he was going to take them back to Jerusalem and imprison them. He wanted to eliminate people uh, spreading the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus has already passed away. He's already risen from the grave. He's already ascended into heaven. And so the, the disciples and, and the believers, they're, they're still giving the good news of Jesus Christ. And he said, I'm going to put a stop to this. And so now we begin to see the, the lack of clarity in this man's life and how it kind of relates to us. Let me give you a little bit of background on this man's life. Um, Saul, who eventually becomes Paul, is a man of prestige. He's an intelligent man. Uh, Saul trained 18 years in the best Jewish seminar, in, in the, uh, the seminaries. And not only that, but he was also under the leadership of one of the most intelligent men at that time, who was the finest instructor of the law of Judaism. He knew what he was doing. Paul was a Pharisee. He was the most promising religious leader at that time. He was a very intelligent man. He was so intelligent. I, listen, when I was in school, I barely got made it through uh, Spanish 101 with a, like a D minus. We're talking about a man that knew Greek. He knew Hebrew, Aramaic, and some believe he even knew Latin. A very intelligent man. So if you're thinking to yourself, man, I've got a degree. I graduated from high school. I must be doing something right. I have a degree. Why don't I have clarity in life? Let me just say this, starting off. You're not alone. It doesn't matter how intelligent you are and how much you have things figured out in your own mind. You can go through life with a lack of clarity. And so here's a Pharisee that has an idea in mind that he is doing the right thing. He was sincere, but he was sincerely wrong. Let me even say this. Paul was a good guy. People think he would maybe works for Rome. He didn't. Even though he was a Roman descendant, he didn't work for Rome. He worked for the, the church in essence. And, and, and maybe what he was doing at this time, if it was you know, a, a different time prior to this, before Jesus, it would have been a good thing because it wouldn't have been Jesus that he would have been approaching to destroy the testimony of. It would have been another man, a, a false prophet. But he has been distracted by the idea, living in a fog, that Jesus is a liar, the disciples are spreading uh, heresy, and I have to put a stop to this. And he was so consumed with it, and this is where I want to draw your attention, the first reason why we find ourselves not being able to see clearly is right here. You're unfocused. He said, well, I feel like I'm focused. Are you sure? Because... Saul thought he was focused. Saul thought he had everything figured out and he was clear-minded because he was pursuing a mission that he thought was right. So let me explain. 
One of the reasons we don't have clarity in life is because we're unfocused. And the reason we become unfocused is because we tend to focus on the wrong things. <clears throat> Y'all with me? I don't know how that happens, but it is a slow fade. For instance, we can easily begin, begin to get preoccupied with the idea of what politicians say. We can focus on other people's problems in social media and even the sins of other people. You get so focused on those things that you lose focus of yourself. When you're unfocused and you begin to focus on the wrong things, you start living life in a fog. Have you ever met those people that are so consumed with other people's families? Did you know it is very easy to raise somebody else's family? It's so easy. It's like, you know what? If that was my kid, I wouldn't let them eat that. There's no way they would be eating those things. If it was my family, we'd be sure that all the clothes are folded and put in the drawers every single day. And you don't even have kids yet. You know those kind of people, right? And you just feel worthless. Those are people that think they're focused. They think they got it all figured out, but their focus is on all the wrong things because their focus is on everybody else except themselves. And that right there creates this issue of a foggy life. Let me go over here. I'm going to make reference to this. <clears throat> I think that is the beginning of things that are creeping in our lives and start causing things to become blurred and a little bit uh, foggy. I'm just going to add a little bit of this, okay? And then as you see this enter your life, it starts off really slow and starts fading into the other areas of our life. You say, man, if they just get their life right, they wouldn't be like that. I mean, I'm looking at your life saying, if you would get that right, you could get through your marriage in a better way when you got some things in your own marriage that aren't right. I like to make reference to the portion of Scripture that says we're so busy looking at the sliver, if you would, the splinter in somebody else's life, but you got a beam in your own eye. You remember the passage of Scripture. We're so focused on this person and that small issue that we can't even see the big issue in our own life, and that huge issue in our own life is causing us the inability to see clearly. One of the greatest decisions you could ever make in your life is stop focusing on everybody else and start focusing on yourself. When I do marriage counseling, the, mo the first thing that people usually do when they're in a, a, a going through a trial in their marriage is point out every flaw of the other person. Well, I'm going to tell you, ever since he's done this, this, and this, things have just gone downhill. And they just list and list and list and list one thing after another, and they're bypassing everything they have done in their own life. Because it's easy to be unfocused and begin to focus on the wrong things. If we'd learn to fix ourselves, things just naturally get better because everybody starts worrying about where they are with Christ instead of being so preoccupied where everybody else is. And so here's Paul. And even in chapter 8, he was obsessed with the idea of what the disciples were doing. He couldn't process and let me say this, when you're focused on the wrong things, you get distracted. Are you all following me? Yeah. You're losing track of what you were meant to be. I'll say it this way, and I don't know if this is necessarily true, but I'm just assuming this could be the reason why Saul, who eventually becomes Paul, never got married. His priority in life was to focus on the disciples and the followers of Jesus. He never got married. We never, we never find record of him having an intimate friendship with anybody. He was sheltered. 
He focused on one thing, and it was the wrong thing. So he never, we don't even hear mention of his family. Did you all notice that? If you study, study scripture, if you look at biblical history concerning this individual, there's no record until later he becomes a Christian. And after he becomes a Christian, we see his relationship with Titus, Timothy, Barnabas, all of these different people come in his life and he starts developing things that he never had before. Now, according to uh, biblical history, we don't know or we can't see any evidence of him ever getting married, which he thinks is a good thing <laughs> to him his own. But the fact of the matter is something at this point in his life distracted him. And it was all because he was unfocused. Saul was so distracted by what was taking place, he couldn't see what he needed to do with his own life. Now watch this. Think about Saul, which is King Saul in the Old Testament. This way prior to this period of time. And David, the one that killed the Goliath, the one that soon to become the king of Israel, was on a run from Saul. And if you remember the history that took place there, it was because Saul was the king and he was jealous of David. And because he was jealous of David, he literally leaves the throne to pursue David because he wanted to kill him. He was consumed. He was unfocused. He was so consumed with the wrong thing that he became distracted from his responsibility as the king of Israel. And then God removes his blessing from Saul. And David eventually becomes the next king. And Saul dies a horrific death in the enemy's hands. If we continue down that path, I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to just see this. You're not going to just see yourself focused on the wrong things, but you're going to end up finding yourself constantly being influenced by distractions. Now, I don't know about you, but I could probably diagnose myself with ADHD. How many of you feel like I've never been diagnosed with it, but I feel like I've got it? You're with me? Don't be ashamed. We're all in this together. <laughs> the inability to focus properly because I get distracted easily. The only way I can get past that is when something catches my attention and holds on to it. That's what happened to Paul here. Excuse me, at this time he's still Saul. So in Acts chapter 9 verse 3, it wasn't until Jesus caught the attention of Saul that he was able to refocus. So in chapter 9 and verse 3, Saul is on his journey to Damascus. He's got the approval of the high priest. He's making his move to the city. And he's going to take every individual he can that represents Jesus Christ and the message of Christ. He's going to put them in shackles. He's going to take them back to Jerusalem. He has his plan. He's, he's unfocused because he's thinking on the, and focusing on the wrong things. And all of a sudden, in the midst of his distraction of what he was meant to do, Jesus has an encounter with him. And grabs his attention. So here we are, uh, Acts chapter 9, verse 3. And as he journeyed, he came to Damascus, and suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth. And he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? And then verse 5, Saul says, He said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now, understand this. An encounter with Jesus confronts the sinful conditions of man. It literally is calling us into conviction, and it, it's a confrontation of rebellion that we're in. It's when, when Jesus points out, this is wrong, and grabs your attention and says, this can no longer continue. Do you notice it says kicks against the pricks in verse 5? 
The literal interpretation of that is the idea that an ox bows against the master, and the master has a long pole with a sharp end, and he's prodding the ox to move forward, but the ox in his rebellion backs up, and in doing so, he inflicts more pain upon himself. He gets stabbed by the long pole that has a sharp end. That's kicking against the pricks. It's literally saying, I do not care what you think is best for me. I'm going to do it my way. And the more we rebel against that, the more we find ourselves inflicting more issues and problems in our own life. And the master's saying, stop. All you have to do is go this direction that I'm leading you. He is grabbing the attention of the ox to move him forward. And it is at this point that Jesus is grabbing the attention of Saul by a blinding light and saying, what are you doing? Can you not see clearly that the direction you're going is unfocused? It's not right. It's wrong. You're focused on the wrong things. And because of that, you are distracted from the greatest thing you could ever do in your entire life. And that is represent me. So Jesus has a literal encounter with Saul face to face and focuses him in the right direction. I, I guess the best way to look at this is this. If you have found yourself living life and things are not clear, there's a good chance because you're unfocused. And all of that's because you are focused maybe on the wrong things. And you're distracted. And that distraction has caused things to start to blur. You need to stop. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit and understand that you are accountable for yourself and the jobs and the responsibilities and the ministry in, in, in life that God meant for you has to be focused primarily on Him. Quit being distracted and unfocused by the things that don't matter. Let me say it this way. Um, I remember Brianna was taking a, a photo uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, and she was trying to focus on all this, you know, while I was speaking, right? And then the first photo looked good, kind of. And then the second photo ended up like this. I went out of, out of focus, and this guy right here became the focus. You know why? Because that person put himself in the way of what the camera was trying to focus on. And everything else blurred. This is what happens in life. We feel like we're on the right track. We're doing the right thing. And then all of a sudden, we get distracted by something that takes priority. What's the word? <laughs> Can we edit that? I don't know what that can. It took about three minutes to get that one out. Priority. And so when that happens, everything else blurs. That's frustrating. And it's at this point that Jesus says, let me, let me pull you back in and let me get you to focus so you can see clearly. And so here we are. Jesus helps Saul catch the vision for what God has in store for his life and helps him to begin to refocus. But there's something else that I want you to notice, and we'll have to back up a little bit to catch this. Everybody with me so far? Are we cool? Yeah. All right, great. I think the second reason why um, in life we don't have clarity is just simply because um, you're mi misdirected. And this happens often. You say, well, I feel like I'm focused, but this could be the issue, all right? You, you're, you're living with a lack of clarity because you're misdirected. And if you go back to Acts chapter 9, verse 1, the second part of verse 1, 
he went unto the high priest, speaking of Saul, before he ever left, before he ever had an encounter with Jesus, before he was stopped by Jesus himself, he had an encounter with the priest who was his mentor. The interesting thing, he got the approval of the priest to move forward to go to Damascus. So he was misdirected by the high priest to fulfill a job. This is so interesting because the lack of clarity is often related to the lack of information, which causes us to become unclear. Get this. I guess the best way to put it is this. Tony can relate to this. Years and years ago, we went to a, a camp in Georgia. We were in high school. And we're leaving. This is, you know, this makes me sound old. I'm only 44. I know I look 25. But at this time, there was no GPS, right? And um, we decided there was two vehicles. And we decided Denny, my oldest brother, was going to lead us. <laughs> if you know my brother, Denny, that was probably the worst decision we ever made. We had very little sleep, so Denny is leading us back home. We go from Georgia, we're on our way to Alabama. It's a very short drive. But hours and hours and hours later, we begin to realize this doesn't look like we're in Alabama. It looks like we're in a distinct, different location, which would be Tennessee. We ended up in Nashville. So Denny pulls over because we didn't have cell phones. We weren't cool like that. Actually, we didn't even have cell phones at that time. So we pull over, and Denny says, hey, I just realized we're in Tennessee. We're way out of route. And the only reason we were out of route is simply this. We were misdirected because the person that was leading us was leading us in the wrong direction because this simple reason. He was given false information. He was looking at the map in the wrong way and it sent him in the wrong direction. So he said, but the reality is this. We followed him. We trusted him. He's my big brother. But the reality was he didn't know what he was doing. Here's the thing about Saul. Saul was being mentored by the high priest. Saul, up until Acts chapter 9, never had an encounter with Jesus. But the high priest did. This is an interesting thought. The high priest probably actually saw the miracles of Jesus when Jesus was alive. The Pharisees that were closest to Saul that influenced him and mentored him actually saw the works of Jesus Christ. They saw the miracles of Jesus. They knew what Jesus was capable of doing in the fact that this wasn't an average man. For a matter of fact, he couldn't even been just a man. He had to be the son of God because he brought people back to life. He was doing miracles and fulfilling prophecy. That is key because the Pharisees and the high priest knew what prophecy was. But that was something was missing. There was information missing when it came to the mentorship of Saul. So let me put it this way. I know it's a little warm in here. How many are warm? Yeah, this is the first time we decided not to bring fans. And all of a sudden, Columbus got warm. So bear with us. That door is going to be open in a minute, and they'll let some air come through. False information is often the primary reason people live in a fog. Satan has never given false information without just the right amount of truth. For a matter of fact, every time, every single time Satan's made a move, he's always included truth. He's never left that part out. It was always important to have some type of truth because when you're misdirected, it's because you've been getting false information and false information is often because it's lacking truth. Just like 
Saul was experiencing. And because you've also been led in the wrong direction, just as I said a minute ago about Denny leading us in the wrong direction, you better be careful who's influencing your life and your children's lives. You better be careful what podcast you're listening to, what YouTubers you rely on, what political networks you're leaning on. You better be careful because that right there can easily lead you in a direction that's misleading. And if you're not careful, you'll find yourself living in a fog going, I thought I understood this. I thought I knew this. In reality, you were never leaning on what was most relevant in your life, and that is God and his word. The encounter with Jesus changed the very direction of Saul. So let's fast forward back to Acts chapter 9, verse 6. And the Bible says that Saul fell to the to the earth and he was trembling and astonished and in the Bible says he said Lord what what wilt thou have me to do and the Lord said unto him arise and go into the city and then he said and it shall be told thee what you must do and so that's what Saul did in the very next verse he rose from the ground and his eyes were open but when his eyes were open he couldn't see because he was blinded so the hands of the men that were with him reached out took him by the hand and led him to Damascus and it was there that he would meet a prophet that would assist him for his eyes to be restored. But it was three days that he went without his, eyes, his eyesight. The Bible says that they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And then in verse 9, and it was three days without sight and neither did he eat or drink. Saul's blindness was a humbling experience because he was the leader of these men. But the men that stood with him now are leading him. I'll tell you what happens when you start to see things clearly and you start getting directed in the right way. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean on into your own understanding in all thy ways. That means every area of your life. Acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And when you learn to do that, it's a humbling experience because you realize it's not about me anymore. I, everything I've done has led me in the wrong direction. Everybody I'm leaning on has led me in the wrong direction. I need to refocus and I need to get redirected. And by doing that, I'm going to listen to the information that's a necessity for my life and I'm going to be led in the right direction by trusting the Lord. And from there, the third thing takes place. And this is very important for you to understand. If you're living in the fog and you have the lack of... The, the lack of clarity in your life, it could often be also because you're lacking, you're lacking purpose. So in, in Acts chapter 9, verse 13, the Lord speaks to Ananias, which is the prophet. He goes to him. This is in Damascus. Paul or Saul at this time is on his way to meet this man. And God has an encounter with him. And he says, listen, I want you to meet with Saul. And I, he's prayed, he's, he, he's changed, I'm paraphrasing, and I want you to restore his sight. And Ananias speaks to the Lord, and, and he basically says, do you not realize, like God didn't realize what was going on, what kind of evil this man has done? He's, he's literally on the pursuit to take people and imprison them that represent you. And you want me to be an influence on his life? It would be like Putin going to Ukraine and meeting with the, the president and saying, hey, I'm, I'm in this with you. I'm going to be a part of your government. And it would be like, no, this will never work. And so this is interesting as you read on. The Bible says this, but the Lord said unto him, verse 15, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me 
to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. And the Bible says I'm going to do some great things with this man. You're lacking purpose put you in a position where you cannot see clearly. Your purpose is a necessity. And at this moment, everything is going to change for Paul because he becomes Paul. His life changes because now he sees his purpose. A piano has no purpose without a tune. A car has no purpose without motion. A, a servant has no purpose unless he has a mission. You, without a purpose, have no direction, no goal. And you'll find yourself wandering and wishing you knew what to do with your life. Let me tell you something. Your purpose is a necessity in life. Without purpose, you will never have clarity. Your call is a customized purpose God has for you, just as Saul had a purpose. Saul was a unique man, and he was, according to Scripture, was one of the few that could actually approach kings and represent God Almighty and influence people to come to know Christ by giving them truth. Start directing people in the right paths, giving clarity to people. I'll say this. Verse 15 says, Declare the name of the Lord before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. If you're part of the body of Christ, you fulfill the purpose. You have a particular role within the body to fulfill. It is a necessity that is laid upon you. And if you don't understand what that is, then you're going to miss out on your opportunity to have clarity. You have a purpose. It's more than just a job. I was talking to my mom, and we were talking about this, and she's a seamstress. She's a very successful seamstress in Decatur, Alabama. And she said, Dave, sometimes I feel like I don't have purpose. All I do is go to work, and I come home, and I do this and that. And I said, in the midst of this and that, she explained, I said, Mom, that is purpose. And I started speaking truth into what she was saying. You need to stop looking at life your way and start saying, what would God have me to do with the things he's empowered me with? Not only that, but it's very important to understand. Your purpose is a necessity because if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're, you're empowered with a spiritual gift. Not, in, not like a superhero, but you've been given abilities to fulfill the Great Commission, to reach people in ways nobody else can reach them. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 4, there is one body and one spirit. In other words, we represent the body of Christ. We each have a part, whether it be the finger, the elbow, the arm, whatever the case may be. We're all part of the body of Christ. He is the head. And we're all, if we're believers, have the Holy Spirit living within us. And because of that, the Bible explains in Ephesians 4, 4, that, that we're called in hope and the Bible also explains in Colossians 12 that now you are the body of Christ and the members in particular. So you have the Holy Spirit living within you. You're a part of the body of Christ. And each one of those things that we fulfill are in particular. In other words, you have a duty as a finger. You have a duty as a hand. You have a duty as a leg. You have a duty as a foot to do something that the hand can't do, but the foot can do. You have a purpose and your purpose is a necessity. So stop, just do this real quick. In your mind, have you realized what your purpose is? Do you know what your purpose is? Now let me clarify, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, if you've never accepted Christ, if you've never had an encounter like Paul, where not literally a, a light from heaven shined about and, and blinded you and you confessed your sins, but literally understood that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he lived, he died, he rose again, and without a doubt, you are fully, not just with your mind, but with your heart, convinced that there is no other way to heaven but by him. 
That is salvation. Putting your faith and trust in Him. If you've never done that, then you will continue to live life just like that cylinder without clarity. Because the first step to having clarity is having Christ in your life. And then after that, you begin to see your purpose and how it's a necessity. And your purpose will do this. And this is the beautiful part of this. Okay, y'all with me? Your purpose is going to bring some clarity. And, And so Acts chapter 9 verse 18, he goes to the prophet being Saul. And it's been three days. And the prophet speaks to him, acknowledges who he is. And the Bible says, restores his sight. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it was seen scales. And he received his sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. Immediately got to work. The call to serve is a humbling call that God puts on our lives. And when you can see clearly, you can fulfill that call and life is so much easier. Life will never be easy for you in ministry if you don't understand your calling in ministry. You need to understand your purpose. And when you see the purpose and it's clear to you, then everything else falls in line. I know in my life, when I was 14 years old, as young as that may seem to be to you, it was when I gave my life to Christ and I knew God was calling me to preach. That was clear to me. And then as I got a little bit older, some other things God started revealing to me, not literally and creepy like, you know, I heard a voice from heaven or anything like that, but just speaking to my heart as a Christian through the Holy Spirit. And through that, I started submitting myself to that. And the more I submitted myself to that, the more God just started to work and do some things in my life that I knew that were impossible on my own. Child's safety. (laughs) Took me a second. And when I did that, I started seeing things change. And so as they began to change, I started seeing things a little more clearly. And eventually, I found myself serving with purpose. I found myself living a life with clarity. And it was easy because when I could see clearly, I can move toward a goal and a purpose. It's hard to get to a place in your life you need to be if you don't know how to get there because there's so much fog in your life. So here's the question. Where are you today? You say, I can't see clearly. Well, are one of these reasons we just talked about the reason you can't see clearly? Because if it is, then it's simple. It's so simple. All you have to do is get to the point where you allow Jesus to have an encounter with you. You say, I'm a believer. I've trusted Christ. Wonderful. But what are you doing for him? Are you fulfilling the purpose he's given you to do? Or are you so consumed and unfocused because you're looking at everybody else? You're ate up with anger and bitterness because you can't get past that person. You can't get past your husband. can't get past your wife. You're angry with your kids. They never come by the house. They never visit anymore. You're all ate up with something that's caused you to focus on the wrong thing and you're distracted. Well, you'll never be happy. Well, if I just had this, this, and this. No, unless you have an encounter with Christ, you'll never have clarity in life. You say, well, that's not my issue at all. But you've been influenced by somebody that's misdirected you. And now you find yourself without clarity. Your besties are the ones you lean on every time you get on the phone. Or you're texting and they're misleading you. I've heard a lot of besties that have influenced women to leave their husbands. Let me tell you something. That's called misdirection. You repair your marriage. You don't leave your marriage. 
You do everything you possibly can to bring clarity to your marriage. Because when you get false information, it's there's remnants of truth in there. It'll pull you their direction. But in reality, you're going in the wrong direction. And then you're led in the wrong direction and find yourself without knowing what purpose is. Would you do this? Would you bow with me just out of respect to those around us? And I want you to simply do this. Just bow with me and, and think on this as I, as I talk this through. And, and, and I, and I, I kind of illustrated with the, the cylinder. Where are you? I believe anxiety, depression, all stem from the inability to see clearly. When you're going, I just don't get this. I don't understand this. When we decided to plant Thrive Church, I had so much clarity. But six months in, I started seeing things in a foggy way, if you would. You say, Pastor Dave, you're, you're a spiritual leader. Hallelujah. I'm a human being. I started questioning things. Are y'all following me? I'm like, well, what, what, what if things don't work out and then we're in a, in a financial crisis? What if this isn't what God meant for me to do? Let me tell you, there was a period of time when I was praying and, and thinking and fasting on whether we start plant, should we plant Thrive Church. I had opportunities to go elsewhere. But it wasn't until I submitted myself to the Lord and I made complete commitment to him and said, it's not about me. I want to see clearly what you are wanting me to do. What is my purpose? And then things started clearing up. You know why? Because I wasn't relying on those that have already planted a church. I like their advice, but it wasn't them that needed to be the influence. I stopped reaching out to family every time I had a circumstance pop up and I was debating because everybody had an idea what I should do. I got along with God and I started praying and I made it a point to start fasting and I had people, I said, I don't want you really to speak into my life about this. All I want you to do is pray for me that God will give me wisdom. So right now where you're at in your place, if you don't have clarity, maybe it's time for you to seek Him and say, God, give me direction and purpose because if I don't have you leading me and directing me, I will constantly be wandering in this fog and I don't want to do it anymore.